I, I think it's amazing. Um, that searching for that you see up behind me kind of matches the tie. Uh, not planned, not planned at all. And the other thing is, this is Stanley Park, and you have somebody up at the front wearing a tie. <laughs> and at Stanley Park, you get to be who you are, come as you are, is what we'd like to say. I was a teacher for a long time, and I wore, I had to wear a tie every day, and I wore cartoon ties because I thought that they kind of relaxed the atmosphere in the classroom, got rid of some of the tension, and also gave me some way to catch the students' attention when they were dozing off. I would make a comment about my tie. So I'm used to the tie. So this is me. And I was going to come in my usual rugby shirt, and I got them out, and I held them up to my wife, and I said, which one? And she says, none. <laughs> I go, what? She says, you're wearing your shirt and tie. And you talk about a voice of authority? It wasn't, it wasn't, you should wear this. It was, you will wear. <laughs> and that's, that's it. So, so that's what I am. And wearing a tie, that's part of my personality. That's part of who I am. And we're here at Christmas, and we have been singing these songs. And when I was driving here, um, the, the Christmas song, Emmanuel, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, to rent to ransom captive Israel. And there's some aspects of there being a political nature to Christmas. That this was the Messiah. was, you know, the, the birth of the Messiah. And there, that, that sort of thing. But Christmas is more than just a political statement. It is a personal time of year. My life changed 41 years ago, on Christmas Eve, I came into a personal relationship with a loving God who has given me so much and asked for so little. <laughs> Just my heart. And so Christmas has always been very special to me. Um, some of my happiest Christmas moments, I, I'm just going to give you some of them because this is personal, I'm saying this is a personal experience. My first Christmas memory that I have, I was in grade three, eight years old. We did a Christmas play. It was the story of Mary and Joseph coming to the inn and not finding a room. And everybody in the class wanted to be either Mary or Joseph, right? Obviously, the main characters. I didn't get that, either one, which is probably understandable. I got the part of the innkeeper who I regarded as the villain, the bad guy. And I'm going through it, and I brought it home, and I was all upset, and I talked to my mom, and I said, I didn't get it, I got to, you know, I got this. And she looks at it, and she, she, she's reading through it, and it's a five-page play. And she's reading through it, and she says, do you realize you were on every single page? The whole story was from the innkeeper's perspective. So I got the biggest part. <laughs> And I was so thrilled. At that point, I was thrilled. And I remember doing it. And I remember my mom's baby blue shawl making me look like um, somebody of that time period. And uh, the, the, the final line of the play is, I will always keep a room for somebody like Mary and Joseph. 
And that was the point of that one. So that was my, I remember that. That's my first Christmas memory. A couple of years later, my sister and I come down at 5 o'clock in the morning <laughs> to see what's underneath the tree. How many of you have done that? <laughs> okay. So we come down to look what's under the tree. And, yeah, I get some shaking heads here, and I think I know why. Okay, but we'll get to that later. Uh, we, we come downstairs, and there's this big box, about 3 feet by 3 feet by 3 feet high. And we're like, oh, wow, this is going to be something really special. It's going to be great. And as we start to walk near it, we hear this funny noises. Thump, thump, thump. Rattle. Some scratching. It's like, okay, back up the stairs. <laughs> Come back down with our parents. It was a puppy. So we got the Christmas puppy, and he's licking my face and all that. And then we had the puppy, and it was wonderful. There was that. The next one, the next memorable one, um, was in 1968, 69. I was into the space program, NASA and the moonshots. Uh, uh, Lovell and Andrews when they were, and the others were that went around the moon and Apollo 8, and that was at Christmas time, and they came back. And then the next year, we had the landing on the moon. And the hot gift that year was a Saturn V rocket model. Okay, so I'm about this tall. Walk up here's where we can see. I hope I'm still on the camera. Um, about this tall, and the rocket was five feet tall. <laughs> so the, the, the model was bigger than me. The box it came in was about this big. And I came down, once again, real early in the morning, and there was a box. Totally unmistakable. That was the rocket model. It had to be. And it was the hard one to get to. It was the cabbage patch of its, of its time. Okay. And yes, so the older one, I get chuckles from the older people when they <laughs> mention these, these things. That's kind of cool. But I spent the entire day with that rocket tucked in. <laughs> it went with me everywhere that day. I never put it down. And so those are some of the, the presents. And then, of course, 1980, I came to know Jesus. And those are the Christmases that, that are special to me. When it comes to the Christmas story, we as Christians, we quote from Isaiah. We've, we've, they're in the, it was in some of the songs today. Isaiah. Um, the book of Isaiah is a wonderful book. It has a whole bunch of promises and, and prophecies and predictions that God shows God to be true, shows God to be powerful, show God to be loving. And some of the ones that we associated at Christmas are Chapter 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and call him Emmanuel. Okay? And that was fulfilled hundreds of years later. Um, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, a baby being called Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. And we're going to get into what that kind of peace is versus the peace that we think of with no war. Um, but those are, so those are, those are some of the things that we think of. But in the book of Isaiah, there are lots of promises or statements made by God that affect us. As individuals and I want to look at some of those one of the I did a study and one one website gave me a list of 40 over 40 
promises of God in Isaiah. And uh, so I had that, and then I was going through them. But I want us at this time at Christmas to remind us of some of the promises of God. A lot of these promises are fulfilled with the birth of the, the child and what follows in his life. So I want to look at some of those. Um, the promises applied to the people of Israel who were in a state of political turmoil. Their, their normal lifestyle was gone. We can kind of relate to that. And they were there and they were going through all of this. Um, and they were looking forward to deliverance through it, through what, what was going through. And that, those promises made to the people of Israel carry forward to us as the followers of Christ. And so we have those. They even have refer there are even references and promises made in Isaiah to people who are not of Israel, to who are foreigners. New Testament would be Gentiles. And so there are promises to them as well, all in this book of Isaiah. And so what I want to do is I want to remind you of some of these promises, some of these gifts, because I love to be reminded of them. I'm going to be rattling off verses, reading them. They're all from Isaiah, except for a couple when we get later on. But if you want to know the references and all that, let me know. Send me an email. Send something to Brad. We'll get you the, the references. But I want you to, as we look at these promises and look at these things that God is giving to us, I want you to remember, if you're a parent and have had kids, remember what it was like to get your child that gift. Remember what it was like to be up at 3 o'clock in the morning finishing the dollhouse, <laughs> trying to put together the bike and discovering that there's a part missing. <laughs> the effort. Think from God's perspective. What did it cost him to give us these gifts? And then try and remember what it was like when you received the gift. Me and that rocket. How I felt. Everything was right with the world. Because I got that rocket. And so... Those are some of the things to keep in mind. I'm not going to go through all 40 of them. I'm going to do some selected ones. Okay, so the first one, forgiveness. God has promised us forgiveness. Chapter 1, verse 18. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they will be like wool. Red is a symbol of sin, White is a symbol of cleanliness, forgiveness. So this forgiveness, this is a judicial forgiveness. It's the idea that, yes, you have sins, but you're not guilty. They're taken away. There's no, the evidence of your sins, they may still be there, but the consequences, the judicial consequences of your sin are gone, are gone, and they'll be made white. And then 53, 4 to 6. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds we are healed. We are forgiven. 
We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. God has promised to take away the consequences of our actions, of our sinful nature. If that isn't a greatest gift, then I don't know what could be better. The second one I want to look at is salvation. I look at salvation here not as freedom from sin or freedom from the justice of sin. I am looking at this as deliverance, the ability to withstand, to get through things. COVID comes to mind. Okay. God has promised to give us salvation. He will see us through to the outcome that we wish to receive. Chapter 12, verse 2. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. God is the salvation. And it's interesting because he is. He's the one that's doing it. We're not doing it. It doesn't say my strength, my wisdom, my knowledge, my strength. No, it's God's strength. God is the one who delivers us. It's his doing. Chapter 41, verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That is another promise of God. That's, that's the, and I'm just picking out some. <laughs> like I said, there's over 40 of them here. And there's lots of verses. But these are the ones that I, I, I'm choosing to do that. The situation may be temporal on this earth or in eternity. The solution, the, the idea that we will get through, it doesn't always happen here on earth. Okay? The Israelites waited for centuries to be brought back to Jerusalem. And then, of course, it got wiped out again. We may not see the ultimate end of this while we walk on this earth. But we have God's promise and God's assurance that he will take care of us in eternity. That's when we may see some of the solutions. We may see some of the answers that we're looking for. So the next one, the third promise, is that God will give us direction. Verse 48, 17. Chapter 48, verse 17. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. This is who God is. The Redeemer, the one who did the work. The one who sacrificed. The one who died. The Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. And God has promised that to the people of Israel, to all of the individual Israelis. He has promised that to them, but he has also promised it to us as individuals. He will lead us. He will teach us. He will <coughs> direct you in the way we should go. We as believers, post Christ's death and resurrection, we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us leadership, gives us guidance. There's been one time in my life when I heard an audible voice saying, say this. 
It was in my head, and it said, turn around and say this. So I turned around and I said it. It was something that didn't make any sense to me. I didn't know why, but I did. It was basically call an ambulance. And an ambulance was needed. Um, and so that was, that was one. But I've had other ones where, where I just have a sense in my gut, in my heart, that something needs to be done. Uh, I had this, I, I, I had a case, I'm a paralegal, I had a case, and I was feeling that I needed to contact the other party and ask them if they'd be willing to settle. <laughs> this is the day before the hearing. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm just like, nah, there's no way. I, there's, but I, call him, call him, call him. So I called him. We talked. I got information that totally transformed my case. <laughs> Everything I'd been doing up to that point got thrown out, and we went in a totally different direction, which gave us a vastly super stronger position. And I think that that was God indicating that I'm supposed to do something. So sometimes it's just this feeling that you should be doing something. And do it. Then do it. That's what Sandy was saying. And in, in she, when she was talking, she, she, she said, you know, these are the things you're supposed to do. Do them. Do them. Okay. So direction. Um, 54 verse 12. All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. Peace is another theme that keeps coming up and coming up and coming up. It was the most common promise in the book of Isaiah. Peace. When Jesus first appeared... After, he has, after his resurrection, he first appeared in the, the room with his disciples and he said, peace, peace. So we're going to talk about what peace is in a little bit. Okay, so those are some of the direction. And then there's strength. Chapter 41.10 again. I will strengthen you, I will help you. God will give us strength. He's the one that will give us strength what we need to get through. We, for the past two years, have not known where our next, rent, next month's rent would come. And we haven't missed yet. We were slightly delayed by two days twice. <laughs> um, but the ability to deal with that and the pressure and the stress was getting to be unbearable. And so finally one day I cried out to God and I said, I can't take this. I know it's supposed to be day to day, but I can't do it. It's not in me. I need you to change something. And I said, just let me know a month in advance. <laughs> You know, give me 30 days notice, please. You know, as a paralegal, notices, all that sort of stuff. Just give me 30 days notice that, that the money's there. And he has. He adjusted <laughs> to what I could with, he adjusted the situation to what I could withstand. And uh, it's amazing. And we're still going through. And we're still just carrying on that God is there. He will do that. Another verse. Now, some of you will probably recognize this once I get started. If I do, say it out loud with me. Chapter 40, verse 31. But those who hope 
in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Uh, soaring like an eagle, that would be something. Uh, I was up in a small plane once in my life, and uh, <laughs> I didn't like it all that much. The guy decided, he's flying, and he says, hey, you want to see your house? I said, sure. I didn't realize I was going to see it from 100 feet above. <laughs> and he went in, and he banked right over our yard. And I was like, hey. But the idea, the, the sensation of moving in a small plane is way different than a big plane. And so it was, it was kind of interesting. But, but to soar, to run and not grow weary. I ran distance in high school. I don't look like it. <laughs> that was, you know, 40 years ago. So, um, but I ran, I ran distance, and I got tired. <laughs> but God is saying, you won't get tired. We will get through. This COVID, we think it's going on and on and on. Remember, Israel was in captivity for centuries. They waited for the birth of the Messiah for additional centuries. And we will endure because God will be there. He is our strength. And uh, 12, too, we, did, we mentioned this one before, but again, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. God is our strength. Which brings us to number five, which is peace. Chapter 26, verse 3, you will keep in perfect peace those who, whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. If we trust God, he works in our minds, he works in our hearts, and he gives us peace. I have suffered from anxiety in my life. I have been medicated for it for, for a long time. <laughs> and yet, I now know what God means by peace. There are some clues. Your minds are steadfast on him. My focus has to be on the right thing. My focus has to be on God. If I'm going to have peace, I need to be focusing on God. Uh, chapter 54, verses 10 and 13. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. My covenant of peace nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion. All of your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. Peace is it, 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 it's kind of infectious. You can pass it on. If you're calm, everybody else stays calm. Uh, so you get into those kind of situations, so you have that. And verses, chapter 32, verse 17. The fruit of that righteousness will be peace, its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. So part of peace is to be quiet. And if you're quiet, you're probably listening. Listening is very, very important. When I was a teacher, I was known as a good teacher. And one of the reasons why, I listened to my students. I didn't just say, this is what you got to learn, learn it. I listened to them. I got to know them. I found out how they learned. I found out how they understood things, how they related. And so that's the kind of, that's the kind of quiet 
that, that you can take the time to think about it. Let God speak to you. Take a deep breath and breathe and breathe in the presence of God. You have a God who created this universe who, if you are in relationship with him as his child, he's with you. He gives you all the power in the universe that is needed. So we can have that peace. And that can happen whether you get what you want or not. Probably the best example of peace that I have ever experienced in my life was the night that my wife's heart stopped. Cardiac arrest, full-blown cardiac arrest at a, at a, at a candidate party. We're out there dancing on the pavement, and she keels over, and I catch her. And uh, I start CPR. Other people came in and took over the CPR. There were two emergency room nurses right there with us. <laughs> they took over. They did CPR until the ambulance showed up. Canada Day, traffic jams. So 20 minutes later, she's in the ambulance. Constant CPR. And I walked up to the ambulance. I put my hand on the ambulance. I said, God, if you took her, you did it in perfect timing. And I felt an absolute sense of peace. I can't explain it. I didn't believe it. Believe me, I wanted her back. I got her back. Somebody who had no, extern no internal heartbeat for 40 minutes. <laughs> CPR for over 40 minutes before they could finally shock her into rhythm. So anyway, that acceptance of that was not something that is in me. If I have something I want and I love, I will fight for it <laughs> like crazy. But I gave it up, and I took God's peace. He can do that for us. He can do that for us. Uh, um, <clears throat> and then how do we know that all of this is going to work out? The final, the final one I want to talk about today is eternity. God has a, something that no Nobody else can offer. He has eternity. We try and keep things in perspective. That's something that we learn as we go through life. Keep it in perspective. Keep it in perspective. Well, if you look in the perspective of eternity, then God can do an awful lot of wonderful things. Uh, the verse that I've selected is chapter 56, verse 5, and it's actually addressed to the foreigners who are living in Israel. Okay? And this is this one. To them, I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. And I am amazed by this, that God does the name. He calls by names. And how do we know that these promises are to us as individuals. Isaiah 43, 1. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, he who made the universe, says, do not fear, I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by 
name. You are mine. By name. 41 years ago, he said, John, I'm here. Look around you. Look at these people. What do they have that you don't have? Jesus. He called me. He calls us by name. Isaiah 66, 22. As the new heavens and the new earth that I make will endure before me, so will your name and descendants endure. These are all promises. Your name will endure. Your name will endure. This is a list you want to get on to. Okay. I was thinking about doing the Christmas list thingy, but I'm not going to do. <laughs> you can go there in your, own, in your own minds to a certain extent. But your name is on in heaven. Luke chapter 10, verse 20. The disciples have gone out. They've been casting out some demons. And they're feeling pretty good. They're feeling pretty full of themselves. Hey, aren't we great? We're casting out demons. And they go back and Jesus starts to talk to them. And he says, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. Do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The fact that you can cast out demons is nothing. The fact that you're going to be in heaven, you're on the list. That's important. And John chapter 10, verses 3 and 4, Jesus is talking with the Pharisees, and he has to use a parable, he has to use an illustration to get the point across, because they're not going to listen to it otherwise. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep will listen to his voice. That's the shepherd. And we know who the shepherd is. It's Jesus. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. The sheep will follow him because they know his voice. We will know who's speaking to us. We will know Jesus' voice. We will, he will call us by name. These are very, very personal relationships. So... That's the promises that are there. And in, if you take a look at Christmas, Jesus' journey on this planet that he created starts with him being born as a baby and ends with his resurrection and ascension to heaven. He will be back again sometime, somehow. I don't even want to go there thinking about it. <laughs> I just look forward to it. Okay. The child in the manger is the focal point of Christmas. God has come to be with us. The light of the Christmas star reveals the shadow of the cross, which is the price to be paid for sin. But Jesus' atoning death and victorious resurrection complete his personal journey on this earth. These events are sources of joy and hope. 
their essential elements of God's plan and demonstrate that it is God who in his infinite wisdom and love designed this plan, first approached us, supplied the only sufficient sacrifice, called us by name to become members of his family, his daughters and sons. That is Christmas. God with us. God supporting us, loving us, encouraging us, doing everything. Romans 8, 28 to 30. This is one that I just, this is, this is one of my favorite passages, favorite things in, 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 the, in the Bible. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called by name according to his purpose. For those who God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among, among many brothers and sisters. The firstborn. He's just the first son of God. There's lots of sons of God. There's lots of daughters of God now. Adopted ones. Adopted ones. And I thought it was appropriate that Gabe was doing that thing about adoption. That's what Christmas is about. Him adopting us as, as his children. Okay. Um, and those he predestined, he also called by name. Those he called, he justified. He cleared their names. He got rid of their sins. He got rid of the punishment that they, that they rightfully faced. He justified them. And those he justified, he glorified. He is transforming us to be more like Christ. He's giving us the power and the strength to be the followers, to be more like him. Okay? And the final verse that I'd like to close this with is Isaiah 65, 17. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. All of this COVID stuff, all of the turmoil, all of the losses we have suffered, all of the pain and anguish, not only is it going to be gone, it's not even going to be part of our memories. That's what Christmas is all about, accepting God's gift, which is the baby who died on the cross, rose again, and gives us eternal life. And all we have to do is accept the gift. Accept it. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your great, great love of us. We thank you for the, the love of Christ who was willing to die for us. We thank you for your spirit who gives us guidance and fills us and powers us as we face the trials of this, this world. We ask that you would help us at this Christmas time Focus on what you've done. Remember the true reason for the season. Be with us. Be with our families. Protect us from COVID. Allow us to live our lives that would glorify you and help us to be sensitive to the opportunities we may have to share this good news with those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Merry Christmas all. <laughs>